this morning, we're going to look at story. We're at the, the third week and final week of our, our scripture series, and this week we're talking about story um, and the story of the Bible. Uh, last week, uh, Steve Bailey masterfully walked us through um, just uh, how to read the Bible, and I've heard story after story of people going, wow, that actually like, made me want to read my Bible. So good job. That was the goal. <laughs> Right? The whole goal of these three weeks is to meet the metric that we have, that we want to see everybody who, who we're discipling here at the river be able to say that we regularly are spending time in Scripture and we know how to apply it to our lives. Now, we're not just reading it for information, but, but allowing God's words to transform us, to change us as we, as we meet with Him, as He speaks to us, as we lay open our hearts before Him and allow Him to do whatever it is He needs to do in us through his word. So we're going to look at story. Now, one of my favorite uh, storytelling, storytelling is an interesting um, thing, and, and Stephen helped us understand some of this last week, how the ancients, um, when they told stories, they were always more concerned about truth than detail, right? So we, in our good, you know, thousands of years later Western minds, we, we really want to know the details. <laughs> Give me the details. Is it, is it factual? Was, was it really seven days? Was it, was it really, did it really happen this way? Or is it just about what God does and who he is? Or are the stories more, paint a bigger picture for faith to be released over us? Um, than our desire for facts uh, to be met. My favorite uh, storytelling scene um, anywhere is found in Return of the Jedi, um, which uh, I watched the Star Wars, the, the still in my mind, the only Star Wars trilogy. Don't, <laughs> don't fight me on it. Um, when I was a kid, I would watch those tapes those VHS cassettes, some of us remember those, um, over, you still have them over and over again until you watch them so many times and start to get lines in the picture that would like try to come up and that's where you knew the tape was getting stretched really thin, right? So I, I watched this over and over again. And as a kid, one of my favorite scenes was when C-3PO was telling the story of the galactic battle that was happening to the Ewoks. Do you remember that? And he's sitting there in his golden shining uh, thing, and he's telling the story, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, yes, uh, Darth Vader, you know, and he does this whole thing, and, and, and um, you know, at different points they're jumping back, and, and the, the story is so compelling to them that, that it causes them to get up and to fight and, and to, to desire to bring change to their world. And this is what I'm going to tell you, that is the story of God. is a story that has been given to humankind from the very beginning. Not that we just take it in for information, but that it causes us to rise up and to fight and to change the world around us. And so the lens that we've been uh, looking through that was introduced to us last week is still the same this week as we talk about story. We're going to look through the lens of, of creation of the fall, 
of redemption and of restoration. So many times we don't know where to start when we open our Bibles, and we, we'll start in, in one uh, book or a poem um, or a letter, and we read something, but everything that is on that page is connected to something else. There's this bigger picture that's always, being paint, that's always been painted, and each story within it is, is flowing out of that. So if you open up your Bible and you're reading it, think through it. How does this connect to creation? How is this connecting back to the fall? How, what does this mean about the restoration of all things as God uh, promises it or the redemption that Jesus has brought to us? So these are the lenses. These lenses will still be the same. And this morning, um, we're going to use a little bit of a different resource. And we've been giving you resources every week, if you've been paying attention, um, either at the beginning or at the end. We've been trying to give you resources say, hey, if you want to take this and you want to dig deeper, here's a good book. Here's a great podcast to listen to. Right? So um, one of those uh, that I ran into uh, that's been a really good growth tool, and that's what we want these resources to be. These are growth tools for you. Uh, this morning, it's one called The Story of God. Uh, it was introduced to me by a man named uh, Caesar Kalinowski. Uh, Caesar's a big, like, missional guy. He loves to tell, but he's basically taken the entirety of Scripture and boiled it down to an 8- to 10-minute long story. And again, sometimes the Bible feels really overwhelming to us, and if we can just get familiar with that eight to ten minutes and then let everything we read flow out of it or back into it, um, I think it'll transform the way that we interact with Scripture. It'll make, it'll, it'll make it come alive again. And so we're going to use, I'm going to read through this resource this morning, so I'm going to actually read you the story of God. Uh, I will not be doing uh, sound effects like C-3PO for you. Um, this will also be available with the podcast, so if you uh, go onto the website and um, into media and you, you click the, there where the podcast is, there will be a PDF version of this for you to take to print out and to get to know, to use as a tool, um, as a baseline uh, for your understanding and your reading of Scripture. Now, to the ancients, uh, story was spoken and heard, Right? And sometime in the church, we expect everything to be spoken and heard. You stand there, I speak, you listen, right? That's kind of the exchange. It's still this ancient way of storytelling, but that's not necessarily how we uh, engage story today, is it? Story for us is often visual, right? And, and it's, it's seen. It's what we take in with our eyes and then process into our brains and go. So along with this story as I read it today, I've selected 20 different depictions, uh, pieces of art uh, that are going to be up on the screen to help your visually trained eye be able to look at something as you listen, okay? So we're going to help each other out today um, uh, with that. And so as I read the story, you could focus in on the picture that's there, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you as we go through this. And above all else, we just want to have in our, the forefront of our mind that the Bible is not just the place we go to get the answers for the questions of our life, right, of my life. Um, 
If we only do that, we forget that this is one big story weaved through every page. As Sally Lloyd-Jones likes to say, uh, it all points to Jesus and every page whispers his name. And that after today, as we engage scripture, we, we will on every page be able to hear his name being whispered to us again. So are we ready? So I want to invite you to get in your best story listening pose, posture. I don't know what that is. Um, keep your shoes on probably. Uh, but just get comfortable uh, because today I want to tell you a story. This is a story found in the Bible about God, a being who has always existed and is the creator of everything. God is the only one in this story who always does what is good, right, and perfect, and the Bible calls him holy. And while God created the foundations of the earth, angels, who were his first creation, were watching him. And they sang together and they worshiped God. But some of these angels rebelled against God in his ways. The Bible teaches that all rebellion against God is called sin. And because of God's holiness, he will not allow sin to remain in his presence. So he sent the rebellious angels, now known as demons, down into darkness on the earth. Then... God decided to create another being called humans in his own image. God said, let us make man in our own image to be like us. He then prepared the earth as a place for humans to live, filling the earth with plants and birds, fish and animals of all kind. And God created the first humans, Adam and Eve, and placed them in a beautiful garden and trusted them to care for and rule over all of his creation on earth. And he told them, be fruitful and multiply. And every day, daily, God would come and spend time with the humans, walking with them in the cool of the day. He would show them how to live in the best possible way, a life lived close to God and under his protection. A life that is so full and it's complete and eternal. God looked at all that he had created and saw that it was very good. Unfortunately, Adam and Eve, the first humans, eventually chose to rebel against God and his authority choosing to live in their own ways instead of his. Since God will not allow evil and rebellion to remain in his presence, Adam and Eve were sent out of the garden away from God, separated from God, and no longer following his ways. They were now subject to sickness and pain and death. God told them, the way you have chosen to live will bring you great struggles and pain. And then you will return to the ground from which you came. Not only were these humans now separated from God because of their sin, 
but they would also suffer death as they were separated from the giver of life. And after leaving the garden, the number of humans on earth grew rapidly. And sin spread from Adam and Eve to their sons, and it continued to spread from generation to generation. And even though humans were created in God's image, everyone chose to disobey God. They all constantly acted out in violence against each other. And this went on for thousands of years. Then, God established a special relationship and a covenant promise representing the deepest of all agreements with a man named Abraham. God told Abraham, I'll make you the father of a great nation and famous throughout history. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. The entire earth will be blessed by your descendants. I will always be your God, and you will always be my people. And Abraham's family, called the Israelites, were to be a new kind of people who would show the world what it means to once again live in God's ways. God gave them a vast amount of land where they enjoyed his blessing as they grew into a large nation. But as time went by, the Israelites began doing what was right in their own eyes and rebelled against God and his laws. They stopped trusting in God, and they worshipped idols, these people and things and wealth and power instead of God. And in their rebellion, the Israelites faced great struggles and ended up a defeated nation of slaves. But God continued to love his people. And promised that one day, one of their descendants would come to rescue and restore humanity and all of creation back to the way God originally created it. Then, there were 400 years of silence between God and his people. The Israelites, now called Jews, had been under the control of other nations for hundreds of years. They were now ruled by Rome, the most powerful empire that the world had ever known. And finally, God sent an angel to a young woman named Mary in the town of Nazareth. The angel appeared to her and said, you will become pregnant and have a son and you are to name him Jesus and he will become a king whose kingdom will never end. This will happen supernaturally by God's spirit. So this baby will be called God's son. 
And God revealed to Mary and her soon-to-be husband, Joseph, that this boy was to be the long-awaited Messiah King, the one whom God had promised he'd send to rescue his people. Sure enough, the next year, Mary gave birth to a son whom she named Jesus, which means the God who saves. And Jesus grew up in both height and wisdom and was loved by God and everyone who knew him. He lived a remarkable life, always choosing to live in God's ways and do what was good and right and perfect. And as a man, Jesus called people to follow him. He invited them to be part of what he called the kingdom of God calling people to once again live under God's rule and reign. He said, God blesses those who realize their need for him, the humble and poor, the gentle and merciful. The kingdom of God belongs to them. God blesses the pure in heart and those who hunger and thirst to be with him. He taught people that the kingdom of God is within our hearts. He said, God showed his great love for people by sending me, his only son, to this world. Anyone who believes in me and lives in my ways will find life that is complete and eternal. He sent me here to save people, not to judge them. Those who want to live in sin and darkness will reject me and bring God's judgment on themselves. But those who want to live in God's ways will trust me and live forever. And as God had promised, he sent Jesus to rescue humanity from sin and the penalty of death. God accepted Jesus' perfect life in place of our own. He was brutally beaten and died painfully on a wooden cross, taking the punishment that all of rebellious humanity deserved. And then three days later, Jesus conquered death when God raised him back to life. And he was seen by over 500 witnesses. Soon afterward, Jesus went to be with his Father in heaven, rising up into the clouds right before his followers' eyes. And he promised that he would send his own Holy Spirit to come and to dwell within them. The Spirit would remind them of all Jesus taught, transform their hearts to be more like him, and give them power to walk in the ways of God like Jesus did. Jesus also sent his followers to go out and to tell others about him, his life, and his sacrifice for their sins, and lead them to trust him and to walk in his ways. This was the beginning of what God in the Bible calls the church, a community of people all over the world who, because of Jesus, once again, 
live a life that is full and complete, living in the ways of God. And we can join this amazing story. See, the story continues with us. The Bible also tells us the end of the story. Jesus promised to come back one day to destroy all evil, sin, and rebellion. Then there will be no more sickness, pain, or death. God's kingdom will come in fullness, and everyone and everything will live under his rule. Until then, we get to live in his ways, giving people a foretaste of what life in the kingdom of God is like. All creation restored back to its original purpose, full and complete in him. And that is the story of God. So this morning, we are going to welcome um, a little bit of tension. Because I don't have three points and an application for you today. I only have the story. And maybe for this week, the story needs to be enough. Maybe this week, we go home, we print these out, and we read them in our own time in the Lord's presence. We read them together with our families. We look over it together with a friend at coffee. I don't know. But it's time that the church becomes well-versed again in God's story. Not do's and don'ts, not us and them just him and who he is. Mm-hmm.